sports-wise and probably otherwise here on the Friday Drive. Bill, Dan, and Drew, the regular crew, here uh, for both hours and hour number one, as usual, brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And also the sponsor of our hotline. You can join us by phone. Just call 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840. On the drive, text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which you can get however you listen to podcasts. Uh, let's see. The college football weekend got underway. It was not the most... Uh, Exciting ball game to watch. If you like defense, um, and and also just some sloppy play, but but a big win for the uh, Troy Trojans last night down in Mobile. Did you see the little uh, the little tweet from Troy at the end of the game that he had a little "Who's your daddy"? Oh, I did not say. Oh yeah, yeah, that got put Ooh. out by Troy Twitter uh, because they they have owned South Alabama and ten six was that was that final in in gorgeous weather. It wasn't it wasn't bad weather or anything. It's sort of like Iowa football last night. Oh, absolutely. I know defense is just uh, uh, able to have the advantage, and the, and the offenses couldn't really get anything going on either side. But congratulations to Troy. Uh, they get the belt. Uh, you know, it gets to it gets to stay there. The the Sun Belt. Uh, you know, for for the the in-state uh, Sun Belt rivalry between Troy and South Alabama, which, which extends uh, to uh, to all sports. And we have to a uh, big shout out to Barry McKnight, of course. All oh the, yeah. When, whenever heard Troy Barry on the day, air this morning, he said he got an hour and a half sleep last night. Had to had to drive back after drove the game. back, got up, drove in for his show this morning a, a champion and a and a trooper and someone who uh, i need to talk to pretty soon because we got we got basketball season starting oh uh, that's I should, right i should probably call Barry. yeah you probably no, should no, think about it basketball make, season's not far away at all make make sure i still have that are job. you sure yeah i was gonna say are you sure you're <laughs> you're still doing it this year maybe, maybe you know yeah maybe i did a maybe maybe they quiet quit me or something like that. I, I don't know what's going on, but but no, big shout out to Barry and everybody. Great people in the Troy Athletic Department, and uh, and yeah, an exciting first year coach uh, John Summerall uh, doing big time things, and and he keeps the winning streak going uh, for the Trojans in that rivalry against South Alabama. Yep, uh, and uh, college football there are a lot a lot of uh, top twenty five matchups this weekend. Um, let's see in the in the SEC. I what's guess the, the, what's the game of the week? Quick, the what, game, what's, what's what's your UCLA Oregon? What's the yeah can't miss game? That's on a set. top ten matchup. I am ten, like it's it's a, it's nine at ten right? Is, UCLA's nine, Oregon ten. This to me is like when this is like when Archie Manning used to have to watch Eli and Peyton play each other in NFL games because there are not. Oh. There, you, you have that strong feelings for Oregon? Th- there are no, no, not Oregon, but there are not two quarterbacks in college football that I. I mean, I, I've seen. Probably every throw of the first couple of years of Bo Nix's career, and now at Oregon, I've watched him play a couple of times as well, and and I rooted for Bo Nix to to succeed for for so much of his career. And DTR uh, in in Oregon, uh, he, he's he's, I mean, I've watched him for his entire college football career too, and and, and he's turned into something really really exciting. Uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson is uh, someone who who folks have. I don't know. He's had, he's had an up and down career yeah. at Oregon, but he's but he's having a, a big. He's time. having a much better, much better. He's year. having a big time More senior consistent year this year, and, and the offense is really tailored to what he does well. And and these two guys, I've rooted for both of them for so much of their careers. It's going to be wild to watch them play each other. I did not think as recently as a year ago, Bill, that I was going to be watching Bo Nix against you know Bo Nix as the possible spoiler 
to a UCLA playoff run. Yeah, well, I mean, because UCLA, it's, it's been a struggle. It has been a slow process for Chip Kelly, but they've gotten better every year. It's just been slower than I, than most people would have expected or a lot of fan bases would have tolerated. And Bo Nix is an Auburn graduate, so I mean, it's still, you know, he's, he's somebody still representing Auburn in, in, in what he does and where he goes, and, and I, you know, I kind of find myself rooting for him most weeks in that situation. At the same time, this is UCLA. You know, I, I, I really right. would love to, I'd love to see Chip Kelly. And I the mean, Bruins just straight, straight up. I like Oregon. I don't know about the, the the number of points. Isn't it still around six and a half? I think that's right. I'll check it for you. I believe it's. Uh, I, I believe it is a six and a half. What do you think the over under is tomorrow on uh, UCLA Oregon? Should be around. Oh, let's see. UCLA Oregon. Uh, I'd say fifty five. How about seventy? Whoa! As a Whoa. total. Whoa! Well, UCLA Oregon's defense Oregon. has not been great. How about by any a means? seventy? UCLA's defense is pretty good. Seventy and a half. You got to get the hook that in, is, there, in there that too. Is. So. That, that's going to take so they're they're calling for a forty three thirty seven thirty five all overtime thirty five yeah. all going to overtime. I mean it's a race to forty, which is prob- yeah. which is probably right. I mean I, I would expect the winner like if 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 the winning team tomorrow in UCLA Oregon had under thirty, it would probably be something of a surprise. This feels like a race to thirty five or forty, but but that's a uh, I agree with you. I think that's the game of the week. And, and for folks who don't watch that much Pac twelve football, uh, these two teams who, who made this point earlier, I think it was Jake. Who made the Jake, Jake Crane made the point earlier in the week? These are not what a lot of people associate with west of the Mississippi River football. You know, it's finesse football with uh, questionable uh, lines of scrimmage, and and you know you can you can wonder about the talent defensively. These are two teams with big league lines of scrimmage. You know, th- these are two of the the better teams at the line of scrimmage. I know you see. I know Oregon got. Uh, blown off the ball by Georgia, but that's Georgia. It's a, it's a little bit different, you know, in the, in the season opener. But these are two teams that are going to play not just uh, up tempo, high scoring, fun to watch football, but also, I mean, th- these are these are really really high level athletes. And I, I would encourage folks uh, to check that one out. That's a, uh, I think it's the Fox game at at two thirty tomorrow. So you got you got LSU and uh, LSU Ole Miss and and UCLA Oregon at the same time. Yeah, both right. both of those games going on at two thirty, and you've also got a uh, Texas Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is, that's also that's the ABC game at two thirty. That, that's the that's a big game in the Big Twelve. So you, yeah, LSU the only unranked team out of the bunch, and they're favored, and and probably they're favored over over the number seven team in the country in Ole Miss. It, it would be tough to leave LSU off a of ballot too, right? I mean, are there really twenty five twenty five teams better? I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I, know, I, really, I know you're right. I don't it's, know. LSU looks very pedestrian, then they look really good. Yeah, Dem- demolished. I mean, you know, Tennessee just goes into there and just and slaps them around. Fortunate to win the Auburn game in, yes. in, in a lot of ways too. That this LSU team. So I mean, it's it's fair to wonder what you're going to get with LSU. You you want to you want to pivot to that and for if, a second? If, J- if Jaden Daniels plays well, LSU has got a great chance of beating just uh, just about anybody. I want to see what LSU's run defense can do against Ole Miss. Oh, they will be seriously tested, but. I don't know that the Ole Miss defense has an answer for LSU. Jaden Daniels and LSU running the ball too. I mean, I think uh, that one is a game. What's what's the over under in that one? That one should be at least sixty. Sixty five. Okay. LSU uh, is. I, I'm, I'm definitely fine with that. LSU is down to a uh, LSU is down to a one and a half point favorite. I think mm-hmm. you can find it a little bit a little bit more than that. Yeah, it had but... gotten up to two or two and a half. Started off Ole Miss. Sixty five. Wow. As the as the favorite, uh, they were they were about a two point favorite and moved up to about LSU as a two and not sort of coming back. I, I have a feeling LSU wins that football game. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, 
I've been so confident of that, and I picked it in both, well, right. in, in our pick thing this week. But now that everybody's picking LSU, I'm thinking it may not happen. Do you because think? Because there are just too many people that are so sure that Ole Miss is going down. Do you think people are selling Ole Miss because the Auburn game wasn't as one-sided as some folks thought it would yeah, be? Yeah, I do. I do. Auburn, Auburn scores. Auburn scoring twenty four. Yeah, Auburn scoring twenty four. Mm-hmm. I mean, does that mean? Uh, I mean, can, can Ole Miss? I mean, it was more than twenty four. Was it thirty four? No, thirty four. That's no, right. Yeah, thirty four. Auburn scoring thirty four. If Auburn scores thirty four, how yeah. many can LSU score? Maybe is the, is the logic there behind thinking? Well, that that LSU that, well, that, that Miss, uh, the Auburn thirty four that was the most since the opening game, wasn't it? Yeah. And Ole Miss has been giving up points. I mean, Tulsa scored. 20. Yeah, they they've been playing bad teams. Tulsa scored twenty seven. Vanderbilt was twenty eight. I know. I know a couple of those points for Vanderbilt were. Uh, at, at the end of a somewhat they one-sided were game, two, but, yeah, two scores late. But the, but they also, I mean, they were they were leading uh, that game for a little while too. I I just yeah, that that's that's a dice roll. I mean, because you're right, we, we could feel the last time LSU played a really explosive offense, um, they were down ten or fourteen before. I mean, before anybody got settled, right? And because they fumble the opening kickoff, and if they do that to Ole Miss, yep. Lane will make them pay. Yeah, they'll get they'll get buried again. But if uh, if if LSU and Ole Miss can keep that one punch for punch, or LSU can find some, if they can find something through the air, which is sort of baffling, right? Who LSU? Yeah, because if you uh, well well actually, Keyshawn Boutte has shown up. Right. You know he's he's appeared the last couple of ball games. I mean, now. you know there's talent in the backfield. You know Daniels is a threat running the football. And what was baffling was, uh, remember the Auburn game where. It, it felt like every time Jaden Daniels was able to make a good pass, it went off the hands or pads of, of an LSU receiver. I mean, it was just, I, if they can get a passing game going, that does have all the makings of a of a dangerous offense. And it does feel like between having a veteran quarterback, granted somebody who showed up on campus late as a transfer, but a veteran quarterback and a talented receiver, you would think LSU would have some of the potential to uh, to, to, to figure things out. 334-321-1390. Anything you want to talk about today? Is Jackson Dart going to figure things out through the air? or do you I, think that's, that I don't know. That's, I, I really don't know. Feels It feels like Daniels has a higher ceiling with Daniels. I, I really do. Of course, he's much more experienced than Jackson Dart. Yeah. So maybe. Uh, it's just what we've seen of Dart thus far. Um, he, he's He's been very inconsistent. Yeah, I just I wonder. That's crazy. I, you expect Lane's going to have a... Prolific passing offense, but man, he they run the ball. His his teams run the ball extremely well. And Dart's a really potent threat on the ground as a runner. It's just you know you, you wonder if they're going to at some point need more through the air, especially against some of the better offenses they're going to play down the stretch. Again, we'd love to hear from you. Anything you want to talk about sports wise, and uh, let's go ahead and get to the phone to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And John is up first. Hey, John. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, John. Hey, I've got a question for you. Uh, is it not uh, a mistake for Auburn not to have dismissed Coach Harson during the bye week? Uh, because what happens if he uh, steals a game or two at home and finishes the season six and six, and has the perception of turning the corner? Uh, isn't that just going to make it more difficult to uh, part ways with him? As of right now, I don't think so. I, I really don't. I, I feel like I feel like it's it's a done deal. Uh, I think right now he's getting the opportunity to continue coaching for a couple of reasons. One, there isn't a, a permanent AD, and we can talk about that a little more as as we move on this afternoon. And secondly, um, 
I think it's a situation where everybody understands what is going on, but the team has played extremely hard, and I, I think he's going to get the opportunity to continue coaching until either the new AD's in place and, and decides it's time to make a change, or the team uh, looks as though they they've thrown in the towel, and and that would be sort of grounds for doing it. But I, I think I think he is going to get the opportunity to go on. You know, uh, the the folks and and I I can put myself in that category. I was thinking something needed to be done. Uh, you you can't. You know, looking at the future of the program. But look at how Texas, um, Southern Cal handled their changes. Texas, I believe Texas announced the firing and hiring of a coach in the same day. It was almost in the same release. So, I mean, if you know what's going, you're, you're giving, you're giving the coach the opportunity to, uh, to show what he can do. But I, I, I can't imagine uh, that there would be enough of a turnaround to uh, to sort of stop the train from the direction it's going in it's, right now. It's a weird thing to consider a risk. Like I, I know what John's talking about, and, mm-hmm. and and I think he's got something of a point. But at the same time, like it's it's weird to consider it a risk that if Auburn were to go four and one down the stretch, and, and you know th- then it becomes a bigger question of whether or not you fire Brian Harson or not, because you would think that's good. If Auburn were to finish the season four and one, uh, but at the same time, maybe it muddies, you know, the the, you know, the picture a little bit as far as how, uh, you know, as far as how Auburn proceeds at the season, especially if the one loss is at Tuscaloosa sure, with Alabama sure. as a top five team. So, so yeah, it's, it makes it could make it a little bit more difficult the decision at the end of the season. I think it's going to be a question of. How much progress are you seeing? Right. Have you and, seen? I mean, and and John, we we talked about this a little yesterday. Uh, I don't know anyone uh, who is who is telling me that they've seen progress. They feel like there's been progress from uh, from last year to this year. Have you, John? You there? Oh, I guess guess we lost John. Well, um, and especially if you if you think yeah, about the, like, the from thing. the from the moment Bo Nix gets hurt, right? Right. Like even even if you discount. Okay, the first eight games may have been something of an illusion because you had a well super from the yeah, end of last year illusion, without Bo yeah. Nix to right now, has Auburn improved? Right, that's that's a tough thing to argue, right? If you think, if you think about like from the from the games you saw at the end of the season to, I mean, there have been moments. I mean, running right. running for three hundred yards against Ole well, Miss. Well, that, that's sort of the way it's been, been for the last twelve games. There have been blips on the radar, but nothing sustained. And the record against the Power Five in those games is is is, is terrible. It was it was it's pointed one, it was, one Power Five win it in was the last nine. Not to pile on, and I don't think this is an incredibly significant statistic, but it was pointed out to me that this is the second year in a row where Auburn will have a losing streak of at least three games against SEC teams. How many times do you think that happened? Under Gus Malzahn, a three-game losing streak. Three-game conference losing. Three-game in conference losing streak. Uh, I don't recall one. It did not happen. Okay, under, that's under why Gus I don't Malzahn, recall which, one. Which, which surprised me a little bit. And I, I know that's not, you know, that that alone is not grounds for dismissal. But it's not just about seeing blips of progress at this position or that position. I think it's about. And it's got a chance to be more than three. Yeah, it's it, it's about it's about turning this around enough to win football games against some teams that have a lot of talent and a lot riding on the last couple weeks of the season too. The other thing that I think could happen. Uh, I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I, I, I feel that Brian Harson probably wouldn't mind being gone from Auburn, as well as 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 Auburn. Uh, I think Auburn and Brian Harson are ready to part, but it might be better for both parties if they could win a couple of ball games. 
and other opportunities could be right there for Brian Harson. That could make the parting a whole lot easier or and even less, not, less painful. Or even not if they're right there, it still preserves Harson's reputation right. moving forward as a coach yeah. in a way that if a if this thing were to bottom out uh, in, in the last four or five games and games were to become one side. But again, let, let, let me say again, if Auburn looks like they're they're not giving the effort. If if if, if yeah. you're not seeing the effort and it looks like the players have lost interest, then I I would not expect things to continue. He's, he's not going to get he's not going to get a bunch of losses like the 2012 losses. No, he's, he's not going no. he's not going to get a month of that before before no. Auburn lets him go. No, I don't think so either. All right, uh, is is it the same, John? Yes. All right, yeah, we lost John for a minute. John, go ahead. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure what happened, but I have you. Uh... I was hearing uh, two conversations at the same time. Huh. But uh, if the football is not going to be the issue, Brian Harson gets fired. Uh, it, like I said, if he finishes, that's what's going to make it uh, more difficult just due to media perception and we'll get the stuck with the old Auburn being Auburn uh, if, if he does finish, which I doubt. But if he does, uh, like I said, win two or three games, uh, like I said, the football is not going to be the issue. Uh, you know, recruiting and uh, alumni relations and uh, just the fit is going to be the issue. Uh, you know, running off 19 players and all the uh, dissension with the coaches uh, last year. Uh, you know, we got rid of the one coach uh, a month into the season who is now working for Nick Saban. So we know the boy was a decent coach that just got ran off. So that will be the reason that uh, Coach Harson leaves Auburn and not the home field, I don't believe. Yeah, well, I, I – I think yeah you uh, I understand the concerns I think um winning, uh, winning I, fixes. I think we we have, we have seen all right Josh Heupel was hired a month after Brian Harson was now he did have ties in the south and they had 35 players leave 35 players left it can things can turn around if you have the right people there and everyone is working together if Josh Heupel's win loss record in the last ten Power Five games, was one in nine. Was Brian Harson's? He'd be gone. He'd be he'd, he'd be packing his bags right now. Even considering the situation yep. he inherited, he'd mm-hmm. he'd be under a lot of fire right now. Winning fixes everything. John made good points. Yes. A lot of those things don't matter if you're winning enough football games. All right, we need to get to our first break of the afternoon. G, hold on, you're up first. When we come back here on the Friday Drive, you're live. On The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. 24 minutes after 4 o'clock here on this Friday with Bill and Dan. Drew at the controls into the Kia of Auburn hotline we go. And G is up next. Hey, G. Hey, G. Hey, hey guys. Uh, hey, I've got a uh, question. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so a lot of people speculated that Brian Harson was going to be let go during this two-week period right here. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, the transfer portal, is this correct, that it opens up December the 5th through January the 18th and then, then again in May? Dece- yeah, December, the, the day after the championship games, the day that the uh, bowls and the, uh, the the playoffs are announced. Four, 45 days. 45 days from then. So, if the, you yeah, you can do the math. And then 15 days sort of near the end of the spring semester, right. I think, after spring practice is finished. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is, it, is it true? And I don't know where I heard this. And I'm just trying to get a clarification. Is it true 
if you fire your coach, then a player can immediately go into the transfer portal and be poached by anybody. That anybody is can. true. I did not realize that till a week ago when I saw a comment from someone with the NCAA who said that that indeed is the is the case. What that means, and people, some people might go, well, what's the difference? Some players have stopped playing and they're going into the transfer portal. Yes, but they can't be legally contacted by other schools. If you are in the transfer portal, then yes, you're, uh, you know, you're, you're up for grabs and people can be calling and, and trying to uh, make you offers right then. So that is so, a factor. Yeah. Uh, so to me, what we're doing is really pro- trying to protect the players that we've got. And because if we don't have a coach, you know, if they don't have anybody lined up just yet, then really you're protecting your players. So when, if and when Brian Harson is let go, hopefully they'll have somebody hired within just a few days, and then hopefully we won't lose that many players. So that's just kind of what I'm speculating. If that's, uh, I, I appreciate you clarifying that. Oh yeah, gee, I mean it is. I think it is twofold. I think one is because there is it, uh, there is not an AD. And and now it appears that there's no question that uh, Dr. Roberts wants there to be an AD to make this decision on the coach. And uh, secondly, it's it's a way. You're right. It's a way of protecting the players uh, and trying to um, you know keep them here, and so that when there is a change, if it's made where you can announce someone very shortly, that uh, that coach would have the opportunity to try to re-recruit them and convince them not to uh, jump into the portal. To, to clarify on a couple of key dates, uh, it's 45 days beginning the day after the college football playoff field is announced. So I think the Monday. Okay, so after, it's Monday. So that that would be like the 6th? I believe that's correct. Okay. Year, but, that's, but that changes every year depending on when the college football sure, playoff Sure, yeah, but I mean this year it would the be spring, the 6th. The spring one does not change. It's May 1st to May 15th okay. every, every spring. Those are the two oh, dates. that's good. That makes sense window. because that's toward the end of, of spring the spring term. The um, And it's and, following everybody's spring game. And the rule regarding a coach uh, being fired is that if a, uh, uh, if a if a coach is fired midseason, student athletes on that team have a 30 day period immediately following the termination where they can be entered into the portal regardless of the transfer window uh, status. So that would mean if a coach is fired at the end of the season, they still have to wait till the transfer portal. So if a coach coaches that final game and is fired the next day, then they would wait a week and be able to enter the transfer portal. Yes, you, it does. It does change the status of the players on your roster as far as their right. ability to transfer yeah. if you make a coaching change at midseason. I don't think that is the primary reason that there has not been a change. I, I think it's because Dr. Roberts wants the athletics director to make that call, and because, as you pointed out earlier, I don't know if I mean I understand the case against Brian Harson, uh, but I don't know if there's a game you can point to where. The effort was no. was such was was at was at such a crisis point that you needed to make a coaching change immediately. I, I again totally understanding the case against him, uh, but but and if and if that old Miss game had had not turned around from a twenty one nothing start, oh yeah, we, we might be talking about Brian Harson's era. It might it might have happened as people thought. Yeah, we, we might have been talking about that era in the past tense, but but I I also don't know what it's going to take for. A, a year three to become a more realistic proposition. Randy, hold on. I knew we were heading up to the break, so I didn't want to get you on and not have time for you to be able to speak. Hopefully you can hold on. You'll be up next when we come back here on the Friday Drive.
The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls and right back to the Kia of Auburn Hotline. And Randy, thanks for hanging on, man. How are you doing? Hey, guys, no problem. Haven't talked in a while. Uh, just kind of thinking, and, and I have it from very good sources. If you got a lame duck coach, which we're going to kind of, for lack of a better word, he was in Opelika High School yesterday recruiting mm-hmm. and offered a uh, quarterback. We want you to come in and, you know, whatever you call it. How do you do what does what do you tell your recruits when everything is out there? Is he trying to hey, let me let y'all all know I'm gonna do better? No, I think you I think better? you have to be you have to be honest with the kids. He has to say because you know he's gonna be asked about what about all this stuff I hear about you, coach? What what if you're uh what if you're not back? Uh what if you're not there? That's when the head coach and the assistants have to recruit to the school. And what what happens is, you know, sometimes sometimes the kids go, wow, that's a class act by the coach doing that. But you know what else happens if that coach winds up somewhere else? The kids a lot of times are impressed that the coach recruited them. If you don't do that, then you are not performing the duties that you're being paid for. So um, I, I know it seems odd, but they they can still they still recruit hard i'm sure that sometimes the kids you know may not feel that it's uh 100% is in it but i think most coaches are going to give it pretty much everything they've got because they know that they want to keep working and the next place they're working wants to hear that they kept doing that and if brian harson can turn this thing around i, I know it, it feels insurmountable in the moment and and i i get that but but if he can he's going to want to have planted some seeds on the recruiting trail and and so, so he can uh, reap the benefits or as bill pointed out suppose this isn't his last job in the southeast you know he, he wants to or still wherever be, or wherever i mean, I mean yeah it, it's a it's a global business now so yeah I, I think there's benefits to it for brian harson's best interests even if uh, e- even if it doesn't feel like it's long term uh, it, it's going to work long term here at auburn can y'all hear me yeah we, we got you. we can hear you now okay is he trying to recoup because he has been accused of not going out to the high schools in the past? Is I, he trying to? I, I you know, I, I can't, I, I can't answer that because I don't know, you know, what what he's thinking. But I would say if he didn't recruit now, uh, then people would be able to point and say, "See, we told you." But now that you've heard that, I think there is an effort, and there appear to be. They don't just appear to be. From what we've been told by the folks that cover recruiting every Friday night and then on the weekends and go into the schools and things like that, coaches haven't. All the coaches haven't been out, but it sure appears that they're out this weekend. Exactly what I've heard is coaches have not been out, and now they're out. But yep. are they out because we have an off week? Well. Um, maybe, but for Auburn's sake, regardless of who the coach is, it's good for somebody to be out trying to pitch Auburn. Well, you're right. Okay, <laughs> I just, I just wondered. I mean, if, oh, yeah. if you're a lame duck, so-called lame duck. I mean, you know, it just, 
I don't know how everybody pictures it. So I was just, well, I just wanted your no un- until that. you know un- until it is official that he's not back. Mm-hmm. He had better be making every effort to be doing everything that he's being paid for. All right, guys, enjoy. Appreciate the call, Randy. That's a good question. I mean, it's a very good question, and and it's a legitimate one because now you're seeing all these coaches are out and uh, all over the South this weekend and going to uh, going to Kansas uh, to see junior college football tomorrow, and you know the players are going to go. Oh, hey, what's going on? I thought I thought you were going to be gone. I mean, you know they're going to ask well, that, and it, and it would send. I mean, the message it. it the alternative, right? If Auburn were, if, if the coaching if, staff, if they weren't to, going out, yeah, then it would be obvious that oh yeah, exactly, we're, we're not going to be back. The message that would send, I think, would be pretty dire too. So no, I, th- I think there's benefits to it uh, for for all parties involved, uh, for for everyone to be giving their best effort until a decision is made, and uh, and yeah, not just not just run out the clock or play out the string, but but actually try to make this thing uh, make this thing work. Give it your best effort, and so and and you know what? And I think Brian Harson wants to give it his best effort too. I do too. So, so that I, I don't think. Uh, uh, one thing I, I don't think Brian Harson is is a quitter. No, I think Brian Harson is, is going to do you know hell or high water doesn't matter. He's going to he's going to do it and uh, and and he believes that it's going to work. And you better you better believe that if you're at the helm of something like this. And my interactions with Brian Harson have only been brief and pleasant and at professional settings. Mm-hmm. But but I get the feeling he's a really proud guy, and I don't think he wants if this is his only shot. As a Power Five head coach, I don't want Brian Harson. I don't. I don't think Brian Harson's going to want to be thinking, "Oh, well, if I'd worked harder, right? Like if I if I'd tried right. more, maybe things would have been different." I think he's trying as hard as he can, and and you know, in different aspects of it. And I, I think that that you know that that should continue to be the plan until uh you know until this thing uh, until a decision is made either way. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Bill and Dan here in the uh, studio on this Friday. Uh, we've mentioned a couple of times um, that again, we we don't think any uh, any movement will happen on the coaching front until there is a finalization of the athletic director's position. And you know that's that's another. There had been speculation, and people had been oh feeling something's going to happen. It's about to happen any day. I believe going into last weekend, the feeling was, oh, by Monday, there there may be an AD. Um, matter of fact, a lot of people felt that before last weekend, there'd be an, be an AD and there might be a coaching change by this past Monday. Well, there's neither has happened. And, and now uh, what we're hearing is probably in the next week. Um, again, I don't know, but, you know, we've we've just been hearing that, Yes, interviews have been going on. Well, let me let me sort of give you an idea. And let's, let's disclaimer too. Decision makers aren't saying probably in the no. next week. We have no, no, they're not. But let, let me just sort of give you an idea for those who are not familiar with the standard university process of hiring. There is a large, uh, usually there's a large pool of candidates that is narrowed down to a workable, you know, five six. Candidates that, who are interviewed, there's an initial interview, and then there is um, the decision is made to cut that list down to a smaller, a smaller list. Uh, there can be second interviews, and then there could be a final group of two or three 
that are, in many cases, if they're not already on campus, and, and folks, it's much easier to interview people now with, with the electronic capabilities that there are. People can say, well, so-and-so never left Never left his hometown. Well, you don't have to leave your hometown to interview anymore. But generally for the final interview, they, the candidates would be brought to campus and uh, have an opportunity to meet the people they will be working with and either working for or working under them. So uh, I believe... We're to the final stage. I'm not sure if there have been, you know, if, if, the, if the finalists have been or are coming or, or about to uh, be on campus or be, a, be offered the opportunity to do that. Um, this is also the stage where... It's like the stage some, of The Bachelor where they go to the hometowns, right? It's like when yeah, they, I guess so. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Uh, and it takes, it takes about as long as the series does sometimes. But... But no, this is my this helpful is, contribution. This is this is this the point segment. where some final things are being worked out. I mean, I I know in uh, the last two uh, searches that I was a, a member of the search committee, we we were down to three finalists, chose one, everything seemed fine, and then at the last minute it was like uh, not going to work out, and had to go back and then added another person in to try to keep that number so things can stretch out a little longer than you might think it's not just like uh really like this person let's hire him you want to make sure and and i feel like dr roberts being being an engineer is going to be very thorough and make sure that he's got you know all the i's dotted the t's crossed make sure everything but it appears that uh that we're approaching the final stage and once that is done and there's an agreement, then there will be an announcement. So uh, I don't know, but I've read a couple of, po- uh, couple of folks that, that are uh, following it very closely that feel within a week there could be uh, an announcement made as to the permanent AD. Don't, but, maybe, you know. but maybe not. I yeah, mean, I mean, like, but if it's not, that's, that's maybe the reason. It yeah. may, there, you know, maybe somebody you know, backs out at the last second or, or there's uh, – there's, on that final visit, you know, another thing, sometimes you don't know until that person meets some of the, some of his coworkers or his employees. And, um, you know, sometimes it may just not feel, feel like the right fit. So you get the sense that they'd really like to have an AD in place in the next few weeks. I do. Right. I do. Okay. So that's, I mean, I, I would say, you know, I, I don't want to nail you down. Well, to before I, right, let's see, I would say, um, before the end of the regular season, I would think before, you know, not in the last day or two before the end of the season, well, not before Thanksgiving I week. Was, I, was and I would say, think, yeah. I would think of, you know, hopefully before then. I think two two days before the end of the regular season is Thanksgiving. Yeah, Thanksgiving. So probably a week before that. So, yes. so if you want to look at like, I would mid, think optimally you'd like to you'd like to have him in place to be able to really take a close look at. The athletic department, specifically football, as the season winds down. I think that's about right. I mean, somewhere in the, um, you know, maybe maybe mid November, you know, range at at the latest. And yeah, you would. With, that, that's why. I mean, I think I think everybody's been figuring it would be done before November. Um, I, I can't guarantee that, but it still looks like that. That's very possible. With the understanding that 
it could be Monday, right? Like, I mean, it, it could it could be really, really soon. Like, it could be within, like you said, within the week. So uh, that that's uh, uh, that, that's something to, uh, to to pay attention to because it could be imminent and feels feels like it needs to be uh, pretty soon because you don't want that search going on while you're also uh, deciding whether or not to keep a coach uh, at the end of the regular season. Yep. 334-321-1390. We'd love to hear from you. Anything on your mind sports-wise as we uh, continue here on this Friday afternoon, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Come on in and join us. Time to churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon with Bill and Dan. And again, we'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise, let's see. The uh, um, championship series will continue this evening with the uh, with the NLCS. And it's funny, I, I, I saw a, a post somewhere that said... Uh, as as if nobody else would know, it said Phillies could have a problem with Musgrove on the mound. Uh, what the only pitcher in Padres history who's ever thrown a no hitter, who uh, is 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 not just oh just another guy out there. He's, I think he's the with all due respect to everybody pitching everywhere else. I mean he's he's the hottest pitcher in the playoffs at the moment. I mean Joe Musgrove is. A blaze over what he's over the last month, and then what he did to. Uh, I mean, he, he's the pitcher. If you only follow baseball casually, he was the pitcher with the shiny ears in the Mets game. Right. That Buck Showalter went out and had uh, you know had the umpires inspect to make sure, and and it wasn't just because the ears were glistening too much. It was because the pitches were unhittable. I mean, he was. I mean, that mm-hmm. in that game especially. I mean, Joe Musgrove was was painting the corners with with stuff that guys aren't going to be able to touch. So, uh, yeah, if the Phillies run into that, then the Padres could take Is it a Suarez for, it's, the, it's, uh, for it's, the Phillies? Yeah, it's yeah. Ranger. It's, it's Ranger on the mound for, uh, for, for Philadelphia. So that's so. a huge advantage, I think, for the uh, for the Padres. You would think so. Suarez that was a, a that was a that was a gigantic win for the Phillies in Game 2, uh, for, the, for the Padres in Game 2. Yeah, was, when uh, the Phillies jumped out, I thought, oh, this is, this is bad news for the Padres that the Phillies are going home up two games to nothing. And the Padres, you know, they were able to salvage a one-one uh, split, uh, despite the. Fa- I mean, and it was really important because you're facing two really, really good pitchers for Philadelphia. And granted, the series flips back to Philly, but, but they're so top-heavy. I yeah. mean, they've got they've got two really good pitchers, they two do. really good starters, and there are questions everywhere else. And finding a way to win against one of them, I think, gives Philly mm-hmm. gives, gives San Diego Huge a, advantage. A, you know, a, a great shot to, uh, to take a two one lead tonight, especially with Musgrove going uh, for the uh, for, for the Padres. But it's a uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good series. And and Philly's got Philly's got bats, right? So I mean, Joe, Joe Musgrove has been hot, but he's got to continue that against a uh, a lineup that's very confident right now with a couple of guys that can uh, that can and that and that place is going to be a hornet's nest as well. I mean, oh, it, it will be it will be wild. And, and again, remember, both of the championship series is 2-3-2. So the next three games, if necessary, well, they, they, they'll have to be necessary. Uh, so the next three games will be played in Philly. And that's where I thought if if the, the Phillies had won both games in San Diego, I didn't know if it was going to make it back to San Diego. Now, 
the um, uh, I, I don't think either team sweeps. If the Padres, the Padres need to win um, one of the next couple of ball games, though. They they don't need to lose the next two and have Philly on the verge of wrapping things up in Game Five. Is it still sort of up in the air as to who would pitch tomorrow? If uh, I believe it is, you know, with with both teams, I think that if uh, I mean it would be huge for Philly if they can beat Joe Musgrove. I mean, at home, um, I mean, I think San Diego has a big advantage tonight. Like you said, yeah, this, this is who MLB has okay. tomorrow. It's TBD okay. against TBD, like a one, and that's not like DTR. That's uh, TBD, <laughs> right? So the two, uh, uh, yeah. So we'll, need, we'll, to, need to find somebody with those initials. TBD who becomes who becomes a, a major league pitcher. I'd love that because <laughs> he's he's pitched in thousands of games every year. I like Musgrove tonight. Like you said, if if Philadelphia can win that game, it would be just it would give them a huge boost if if they can disrupt. The momentum that Joe Musgrove has of late, and uh, and keep the uh, and, and keep the series in their favor. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, Houston and the Yankees go to New York with the Astros up two zip uh, today. The travel day, uh, and and Houston really shut. I mean, they shut the Yankees bats down in both games. Justin Verlander was just. I mean, he was Justin Verlander. Uh, and then last night, Valdez was was fabulous, too. So, I mean, um, the Yankees with their backs up against the wall as they go to, uh, back to New York. Who, who uh, Garrett Cole. Garrett, yeah, so Garrett Cole, all the pressure is on him uh, tomorrow as uh, he'll be going against uh, Christian Javier. Yeah, Garrett, Garrett Cole, and you know who's, uh, who's getting paid to start in these moments for the Yankees, right? You think about Andy Pettit used to be the stopper. In these situations, when the Yankees absolutely had to have a win, mm-hmm. when, it, when 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 the momentum of the series had to change from where it was going, Andy Pettit would go out there and he'd usually pitch pretty well in those situations. The Yankees need Garrett Cole to do that uh, tomorrow, uh, or they're going to be down three nothing, and the Houston Astros will probably be planning on playing in the World Series again. I think right now they're they're in they're in pretty good shape. Yeah, Garrett, I mean Garrett Cole can can give the Yankees. Yeah, he, he can at least he can keep them alive right. here. Oh yeah, but I mean. The Yankees have got to they they've got to take two out of three. And it's not just starting pitching. It's not just that that's not the only thing that no. needs to improve for the Yankees. The power has been virtually non existent. Yeah, it's first been two turned games. off. Yeah. I mean it was yeah, it's an outage. So uh uh yeah, that that's that's gotta change. Maybe going back to Yankee Stadium will will put a little bit of uh of, of wind in their sails. And uh yeah, Garrett Cole on the mound, you, you gotta think the Yankees it's a must win game. Tomorrow is a right. is a must win game for the New York Yankees if they want to continue the series and and make it interesting. Yeah, so uh so that some of the things going on, we've got the uh, NLCS coming up tonight here on uh, ESPN 106.7 over on Wings 94.3 Auburn High Football, huge ball game for the Tigers as they travel to Prattville to take on the Lions, a, a team that lost its first two games this year and hasn't lost since. Auburn coming off their lone loss of the season uh, at Central, and it's a big, big ball game. I mean, if Auburn wants to at least remain a top two seed where they could play at home uh, in the first round and hopefully beyond that. How about, you know, Sneaky Prattville can still win this they entire can. region. They've got a game with uh, with the Central coming up a week from today if they were to if they win. They went out. They went out then they they'd have two losses, Auburn two losses, Central two losses, they'd have the tiebreaker over both. And I believe both of those games are in Prattville. They they host tonight and they host uh, next uh, next Saturday against uh, Central Phoenix City and if they win both of those games, they will win the region. Not Auburn, not Central, not Opelika, a team that a lot of people were talking 
talking about as a uh, as a playoff contender and a team to watch out for. You think about back when Opelika uh, beat uh, Central Phoenix City earlier this season. Uh, Opelika was was uh, you know seemingly on you know on top of the world with with everything uh, in front of them. It's been a real rocky road mm-hmm. uh, for the Bulldogs ever since. They'll wrap up the season tonight against Dothan. That's a must win game if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive because you've got Enterprise at a three and three in the region. You've got Dothan at three and three yeah. in the region. I think Dothan would eliminate Opelika. They would if, with, with, a, with a win because they would have the uh, maybe it could get to wacky tiebreakers. And there, these, there are a lot of those. But, but they'd have, but they'd have a head-to-head advantage in the same record, and that would be, uh, you know, that's that's the first thing they look at. So Dothan could leapfrog Opelika potentially in the playoff standings with a uh, uh, with a win tonight. We need to get to our top of the hour break. Halfway done here on the Friday Drive. Come on in and join us. ESPN 1067, WGZZ HD3 Waverly, and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. Game three of the NLCS tonight in Philadelphia. The Phillies and Padres tied a game each. Our coverage starts at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. It's an off day for the ALCS. The Astros lead the Yankees two games to none. Game three tomorrow in New York. Bruce Bochy comes out of retirement to be the new manager of the Texas Rangers. He gets a three-year deal. Bochy won three World Series managing the Giants. The Arizona Cardinals got a win last night against the Saints. Arizona coach Cliff Kingsbury had a heated exchange on the sideline with quarterback Kyler Murray. He's real animated over there on the sideline sometimes, so it's always, you know, it's never, it's never, you know, calm down, we're good, you know, we're going to make it right. We ended up scoring, so that was good, but uh, yeah, that's all I was saying. Just chill out. Kyler Murray, running back Todd Gurley, hasn't filed his retirement papers, but he tells the NFL Network he's done playing football. He hasn't played since 2020 with the Falcons. Jets wideout Elijah Moore will be inactive for Sunday's game against the Broncos after asking to be traded. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive offers a great price and round-the-clock protection when bundling home and auto. It's one of those rare times where you can save money and get something great. Bundle today at Progressive.com. Sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390, toll free at 888 382 7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome into hour number two of the Friday Drive. Bill and Dan, Drew at the controls, and we'd love for you to join in. Hour number two of the Drive, brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic. It was just over there today, and we'll be back again shortly as we moved on up. Let's see, I had 
have the knee taken care of. Now, now the shoulder is next. So, uh, yeah, back there today, and uh, um, great, great people, uh, and they do a great job. Uh, they've got locations, of course, in Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we'd love for you to join in, as I said. Uh, anything on your mind sports-wise, the weekend in college football, uh, we can talk about the, the Auburn coaching or AD situations. We talk some about postseason baseball. Uh, we, we'll, uh, we'll look around the, the SEC and the nation in college football. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise here in hour number two and the number to get you through on the Kia of Auburn hotline, Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. Uh, that phone number is 334-321-1390. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box, presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Uh, they also sponsor the podcast, which you can find. However, you listen to podcasts, just search for Bill uh, The Drive with Bill Cameron on your favorite podcasting platform, or uh, go to RadioAlabama.net and find the ESPN 106.7 tab and go to the Podcast Center. All that presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Bill, there's a, a game we haven't talked about very much uh, tomorrow uh, that uh, th- that I'd, I'd like your thoughts on because I wonder if it's as easy as, well, Alabama is just going to destroy Mississippi State following... I get the feeling that that's the case, but uh, that's an awful lot of points, isn't it? Isn't 21 it? and a half for to give, last to, give, time. to give that offense? And yeah. I, I understand... Uh, that offense struggled big time last week against Kentucky. They, they absolutely did, and that, that was a game they, that... They, they, they didn't run it, and it didn't look like they really tried to run it. It looked like the old Mike Leach offense where, you know... Uh, a run was, you know, you're ashamed that they ever tried to run the ball because they had run the ball better up until the Kentucky game. Kentucky did something we talk about a lot, which is they uh, they did a really, really good job of winning first down and putting mm-hmm. Mississippi State in tough situations. I know, I know uh, Will Rogers' averages on first down were really bad in that Kentucky-Mississippi State game. Mississippi State as a team uh, were just 3-for-11 uh, for on, on third down, which you would think, right, with a quarterback and a passing offense like the one Mississippi State has, uh, they're, they're not going to have a terrible third down day where they go 3-for-11. You would think they'd be a little bit uh, they'd be a little bit more potent to keep drives going and to see them uh, in, in that situation, it was because they were backed into uh, unfavorable, uh, low-percentage third downs, often by that Kentucky defense. If Alabama can do that, you get the feeling Mississippi State's going to struggle to... Well, yeah. I, although, Alabama offensive line's been an adventure at times. Alabama's offensive line, this year. They, I thought they protected, uh, they protected pretty well last week. I mean, Bryce got hit a few times, but they threw the ball 50 times. Um, the thing, the thing I, I wonder about is Alabama is susceptible in the secondary when when you're when you're trying when you're when you're able to stretch that defense. They're much they're much better, I think, against that little dink and dunk, which is what Mississippi State does so much. Tennessee. They want to throw the ball down the field. State will do that. Will Rogers will do it occasionally, but I, I heard the, the some of the numbers today that the the average completion, the average air for the for the completions for Will Rogers this year is about five and a half yards. For uh, for Tennessee, it's nine and a half yards. So Tennessee um, is Hendon Hooker is throwing the ball downfield more. 
Mississippi State likes to get the ball out quick, get it to somebody, and see if they can see if they can break something. That doesn't usually work as well. And Mike Leach has has really struggled to put up points against Alabama. Yeah, historically, that, that, that has been something. I mean, at at so Texas, why did I pick Mississippi State? Why did I take State in the points? I shouldn't have done that. Well, he didn't. He I didn't about s- talked myself out. Too late, Doug. No, he didn't see Alabama that often. You know, in the uh, in, in the the first couple phases of his career, it's mostly been at Mississippi State. It has. And, and, it and has. These have been no. And I I get that. And the the trends would. Sir, it shouldn't be surprising if Alabama wins by much more than twenty-one. You know, if they, if they can. No, what did they win last year? Forty-nine and nine. I think that's correct. I think they won by forty last year in a, in a similar situation. And that was, uh, yeah, that was in Starkville. Yeah, and so and God. and Miss and Mississippi. Yeah, I was wrong. That's and, uh, chalk up another loss for me on and, my. And on Mississippi my State was. I, I mean, I know Kentucky nearly outgained them two to one. Um, you know, you wonder how much of that you chalk up to just a real good night for Kentucky and a real tough night for Mississippi State and how much of that is maybe something that's going to uh, plague Mississippi State throughout the rest of this season. Uh, it's, a, it's a chance for them to bounce back, uh, but they're bouncing back against a team that's uh, incredibly motivated. Bama is usually at their best right, right after. Haven't they been? You know, when so, was so, the last time Alabama lost back-to-back ooh. games? It's been a while. It's been, it's been a while. I, I think mean, you it, usually it, get... You usually get them at their best uh, following a uh, following yeah. a loss in the regular season. So yeah, they they usually and yeah they usually bounce back with a vengeance. Yeah. So so we'll see though. I mean, I wonder. Just this feels a little different. This Alabama team just feels a little different. I mean, Bryce Young is is fabulous. There's no question about that. Uh, will Jermaine Burton play? I wonder about that if that situation hmm. is being handled internally, as Nick Saban I believe said uh, earlier this week. So you you wonder if all or some of the game uh, could, uh, could could uh, could could see Jermaine Burton on the sideline. You know, it remains to be seen. I just want to see if that state offense can do anything against Alabama, too, right? Because if this, I mean, if it's if it's one sided early, you know, you don't you don't get the feeling we're going to see like a furious Mississippi State comeback in in the second. Uh, half or something no, like that. no, I don't like, think the, the, so. I don't, is, I don't think uh, if Alabama gets up twenty eight three like Auburn did last year, uh, it'll be you know it could be fifty six to three. Yeah, it, it could it could be incredibly one sided. And so I want to see if State can get something going. I mean, they've got talent at quarterback, they've got talent at receiver, they've had games where they've done a really good job uh, keeping uh, the pressure away from Will Rogers with the run game and with the offensive line. If they can do that against Alabama. Uh, maybe they've got a puncher's chance to uh, to keep this game close. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Yeah, we, we'll look around. I mean, as I said, there there are a few other top twenty five matchups uh, in the country this week. We'll look at those. We'd love for you to join in. Uh, anything you want to talk about sports wise? Let's see what else is uh, is is there is there anything else we've missed from the uh, from the big sports news? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, is there? I mean. I don't know. Are you, are you, was that a no, tease? no, was no, that a no, tease no. A genuine question. I'm, no, a genuine question. I'm just wondering. We hit on the baseball playoffs. Mm-hmm. We hit on uh, most of the big SEC games. Drew, run the outro. We're 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 done. I think that I think that's uh, the, yeah, that's it. He reached in. He reached. Have a good one, everybody. We're not yes. we're not doing that. Oh, we you oh, know we, we could. Will. I had, I, I had, I've got I've got babysitting to do. I had here somebody I had somebody ask me about uh, when we're going to have Sonny uh, back on. Uh, I know that's that's probably something we're going to have Coach Smith back on soon. Oh, okay. I was going. Uh, my my first thought we mentioned baseball. I'm going to Shara. Not so well. Just, <laughs> like we should check back in with old. Sonny that would be Shara. cool. I know he's he's been playing for the Trash Pandas. Saw saw Coach Smith. Uh, yeah, saw Sonny. Uh, the other day when, uh, I guess it was, was it Tuesday? 
um, when when Bruce Pearl spent a little time with the media and and Sonny came in. So I uh, saw him for a little bit and mentioned that to him. And, yeah, I'm thinking in a couple of weeks when we're, uh, when we're heading up to the uh, season opener, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start talking with him on a regular basis again. Were you surprised? I think Justin Ferguson yesterday uh, on, the, uh, on the show made the point that Auburn, despite being picked to finish fourth, in the conference by the media, did not have a player on the first or second team? No, I'm, I'm not. And, and one of the reasons is, who, who would it be? Who are you sure is going to put up the biggest numbers on the team? Because that's generally the your all-conference players are going to be the guys that are the leading scorers, rebounders, assist guys. Wendell, maybe. But, I mean, uh, Auburn has so much depth that there's no guarantee that anyone's going to get enough minutes to be putting up, you know, close to 20 points or pulling down 10 rebounds a game. I think Janai Broom could. Um, and I I fully expect, like I said with Justin yesterday, I think if Auburn does indeed finish in the top four of the SEC, they will have multiple players on postseason all-conference teams. It's just right now they're so deep, like Bruce has said, he's too deep at every position and feels really good about – the the depth that he has so there there could be any of seven or eight players who who might you know get hot and and uh push for all conference honors i was i'm trying to pull up the um the the teams so i don't get the uh uh get the uh, get the players wrong cuz i know there is I, I I thought I had the right list in front of me, but then Scotty Pippen Jr was on it and i knew that's that's not right that was that was last year he's he's getting some minutes for the lakers by the way, they're terrible. Hmm. Uh, but Scotty Pippen yeah, Jr. is able to uh, Scotty Pippen Jr. is able to get in there uh, in, in the. In, you know, I, I think Janai would be the guy uh, to answer your question, Bill. Uh, if you're if you're going to put a player on the first team or the second team, I mean Janai Broom coming from the OVC, having averaged a double double, seventeen points last year. I think that would be uh, someone. I know KJ Williams, who has a similar uh, resume. Uh, KJ Williams, the transfer from. Uh, KJ Williams, uh, the transfer from Murray State, right? Who, who K, he played for KJ Williams was the transfer from Murray State, who played for Matt McMahon. He transferred to LSU. He is second team All SEC. Last year, he averaged eighteen points and eight rebounds a game. Same conference. Janai Broom averaged seventeen and a half and ten rebounds a game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, KJ Williams was on the second team. Janai Broom was left off. You could have put Janai Broom on the second team. What, I wasn't, think, but wasn't, it's, Jan, wasn't, wasn't he like their player of the year? KJ Williams was the conference player. Of the oh, year, okay. Yes. Tanai was the defensive player. Of yes, the year. yes. They, the, the top two players from that league are in the SEC okay. now, and they saw each other a lot. Moorhead State and Murray State. KJ Williams was second team all. He, but that's the one. You're right. I mean, with only ten, with only ten spots uh, for folks who don't who haven't seen the list. Uh, very familiar names on the first team. Um, yeah. I mean, with with uh, with Oscar Shibway, uh and Savir uh, Savir Wheeler from Kentucky, uh, Santiago Viscovi uh, from Tennessee. Oh, Tom- some of these guys, I feel like have been in the league. You know, for you know, they're they're on their sixth year. Like some of the guys we talked about in football, it feels like Colin Castleton from Florida really is a senior on that list. And then the other, well, I mean, when you got, that's the thing. I said Janai Broom could, but you've got Sheboy and Castleton. And and to let you know about how much respect Nick Smith Jr. has, that's the true freshman at Arkansas that most draft people have as the first college mm-hmm. player taken in this year's draft. Not the not the first player taken. There's a European sensation, Victor Webanyama, uh, who everyone is uh, as, as pegged as, as the next LeBron James and, and a guy who every NBA team wants. And teams have been, what well, the Spurs have been tanking 
for two years with the hope that they can have the first overall pick in, in the upcoming draft and take Victor Webanyama. So it's not he, Nick Smith Jr. is not the most sought after prospect in next year's draft, but of the players in college basketball, Nick Smith Jr. is a consensus uh, is is the is the consensus guy that that pro teams would want as a true freshman coming into college basketball. Nick Smith Jr. is on the first team All SEC preseason team alongside four seniors. So it's four seniors and true freshman Nick Smith Jr. on the first team preseason. Second team. How how often are true freshmen? On the preseason first team All SEC team. Uh, when when one is the preseason, you know, was the number one player in the country or something right. coming out. That's that's not uncommon. It's not uncommon. Well, it's not uncommon. But I mean, it it doesn't happen every year. But but when when your conference gets a player like that, they're usually on the. Speaking of true freshman, uh, Brandon Miller uh, made made the second team right right incoming Alabama uh, mm-hmm. freshman along with uh, Quinterly, who's uh, who's who's going to be missing part of the year uh, with the uh, with the knee injury. Uh, Josiah Jordan James. Uh, Triple J uh, from uh, from Tennessee is on that. So is Akai Ziegler, and then KJ Williams, who we were just talking about, the incoming uh, transfer from uh, to LSU from Moorhead State. So you've got all right. Team wise, though, you've got uh, um, two Kentucky, two Kentucky, two Tennessee, two Alabama, three Tennessee, three Tennessee. Muscovy, James, and Ziegler. Right. Okay. So three Tennessee, two Kentucky, two Alabama. Right. Right. Of the as uh, there were just ten guys, just ten players. She 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 player of the year. Who an LSU, a Florida, and an Arkansas. Okay, that's that's the that's the uh, that's the assortment. And two two true freshmen, one on each list, uh, one one on the one on the first team, one on the second team. Four seniors on the first team, uh, and three seniors and a sophomore. Zakai Ziegler, I, I think a, a guy that a lot of people thought would be one and done last year, just just on his skill set, didn't really have the kind of season where you you dominate and decide mm-hmm. you're going to leave after no, one year. No, you're right, he didn't. And so he's, uh, he's back for a uh, for a second year. Predicted order of finish in the conference, uh, Kentucky 1, Arkansas 2, Tennessee 3, Auburn 4, Alabama 5, A&M 6, Florida 7, LSU 8, Miss, uh, Ole Miss 9, Mississippi State 10, Missouri 11, Vanderbilt 12, Georgia 13, South Carolina 14. little surprised to see South Carolina... At the bottom, because they brought in uh, his name escapes me, but the uh, the player who reclassified the top player from the class. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking but, about. But yeah, there's a, there's a uh, the, the top the top player who was supposed to be a high school senior this year uh, decided a, a few months ago to reclassify and play for South Carolina this year. And there's some added excitement for I think that's that's Lamont that's Lamont the, Paris, that's the SEC. I mean, that's just yeah. the way the SEC is Where you can land up, you can land a player like yeah. that and still be picked to finish. Yeah, d- dead last. So. I mean, remember, remember, Georgia had the had the top high school player in the country a couple of years ago. It didn't really help the yeah. win loss record very they, much. They they remember. Yeah, and it's part of the reason why Tom Crean's not there anymore. As a mm-hmm. matter of fact, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how Mike White does. A lot of first at, year at Georgia. I mean, first year coach. Mike White's not a first year coach He's, in the SEC, yeah. but first year at his new job and, and a lot of places around. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of folks nationally love the hiring of Todd Golden. At the uh, at the University of Florida, oh, yeah. guy who you know you've learned at least me personally, uh, I've learned a lot more about his relationship with Bruce Pearl in the last few months. Right, it feels like there's been more reporting and, and more stories about uh, you know how, how close these two guys are. Yeah, and, and how, how fired up he is to compete against Bruce. Yeah, and how excited he is to compete against Bruce, and, and how happy Bruce is to have him a little bit closer to home and, and back in the conference. And uh, and yeah, they they have a really deep bond. You know, there's a few few different folks have written about. Uh, how important Bruce Pearl is in in, in Todd Golden's journey uh, to becoming the new University of Florida coach. And speaking of new coaches in the league, I mean that 
Matt McMahon's not going to stay down for long at LSU, right? I mean, that that's a guy who won in his conference at Murray State and brought some of the brought some of those players with him to LSU. They're going to and, and LSU doesn't. They don't have to go too far to recruit, but they can. Yeah, I mean, there is there is talent. It, it's it's ridiculous the talent that seems to be right there in Baton Rouge year after year in basketball. And one one would think that I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Matt McMahon got a lot of credit for sort of discovering. Um, Matt McMahon got a lot of credit for discovering John Morant, and so you you would think he has an eye for talent. Uh, you know, when he was at Murray State, and now he's bringing that to LSU with an added budget, and he gets a, a decent starting point because he brought a couple of the most talented players from Murray State with him to LSU, including the conference player of the year, K.J. Williams, who uh, we were just talking about, second-team All-SEC preseason. All right, let's get to our first break of the uh, second hour. Spectre, hold on. You'll be up when we come back here on the Friday Drive. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Friday afternoon. Bill and Dan... Let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Spectre is up next. Hey, Spectre. Hey, guys. Listen, you said earlier it's probably a foregone conclusion that Carson's gone. I I, I do think uh, bridges have been burned. Okay, let let me put this up to you. All right, right now we're like what three and four. Yes. What if we went out with the exception of the Alabama game? That and seven, seven, seven and five. Seven and five. I, I still think that the that, I, and I don't know this because I'm not in the in the head of it. But I, I would I would be surprised if a new athletic director didn't want to come in and just go ahead and clean the slate. You know, we we discussed this earlier in the show, Specter. You know, we had a caller sort of asking like, what's the, you know, is Auburn is Auburn doing harm by not having fired Brian Harson if they're sure that he's the wrong guy because uh, he could win some football games and sort of you know keep keep his you know make make a more compelling argument to keep his job and. Uh, it's it's a you'd think it's a good problem to have. Like what what if you go four and one uh, down the stretch in your final five games and you beat some some division rivals and you know put some uh, you know you know make some progress on the field. Uh, I I think you know I I don't know what would happen in that situation. I don't want to say it would 100 percent you know result in in Brian Harson's termination. I think it would he would need he would need that at the minimum. I think in your final five games, but I I don't know. Um, but but maybe he could you know maybe he's got the wiggle room to make a case in these final couple of games that that he well, deserves think, a third year and beyond. Yeah, I think so because three of those four losses came to ranked teams, and uh, and one of course uh, you know they scored forty or more points on well not more but forty yeah like four like, mm-hmm. all three have scored forty one or more right. Yeah, exactly, and uh, of course Missouri was. We should have lost that, but we didn't. I mean, win is a win. But the uh, LSU game was very winnable. I mean, it was absolutely winnable. But what my point is now, if we go Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, of course, Western Kentucky, we win those four straight and and then go into the Alabama game, and we really take them to the wire like we did last year. 
uh, I think you'd have to take a second look. Maybe Harson's got it turned around. That's yeah. That's that's a lot of ifs. We'll see. You know, a, a I three, mean, a three game, I, I just a, go ahead. Three, a three game conference winning streak would complicate things a little bit. Sure. I think as far as the cut well, and dry, oh, of course he's going to lose his job and Auburn's going to move on. I think a three game win streak, you know, in, in, like like you just described, uh, would yeah. would make things would make things a little bit tougher. I, I don't know if well, it would be enough, but I think it would make things tougher. Yeah, I remember that talk back in seventeen that you know what Malzahn had to do to keep his job. And yeah, he went that, on to beat, beat. He went on to beat Alabama and Georgia in the regular season. And he lost to Georgia in the, in the playoff, uh, not the playoffs, but the championship game. But uh, he got a raise before then, or another another extension. Yeah, this is so, this is a different president and going to be a different AD. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Well, anyway, I thought I'd just throw that out. Yeah, there. I mean, you're, you're right. I mean, it it would change the appearance and very well could change things. Uh, and they're not. I, I, I they, just feel like. Things may be too broken now to to completely put it back together. It also, I, I think, it also doesn't feel like three games where Auburn's going to be huge underdogs, right? When you think about no, Ar- but it's also not three games where you can go oh, that just mark that one down. No, 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 not not at all. I don't think you can do that with any game in conference. I, I think, of, I think of Auburn, Auburn could beat any or all of those teams. Right, they could lose to all of them. Too. They, absolutely, but but I'd say in the case of all, I mean, yes, it's fair to wonder. Well, let's see next week. Next yes. week is critical for that. All right, now they've had the open date. Uh, let's see if they can find some answers for the um, the problems they had stopping the run because Arkansas is every bit as good a running team as Ole Miss. The only reason Ole Miss leads the league in rushing is because of the Auburn game. Before that, they were dead even. Uh, so, so if Arkansas runs through Auburn like this, um, it's going to be very tough to win. And Auburn, Auburn's had Arkansas's number of late, but they had Ole Miss's they, number. They'd beaten, they'd beaten Ole Miss six they, straight They times. had Ole Miss's number of late, and Ole Miss still ran right. for 450 yards. So, I, yes, that this Saturday, or this next Saturday is crucial uh, in, in sort of, you know, riding the ship and mm-hmm. and ending the three game losing streak we were talking about it's not it's not just about next saturday but but yeah it's it's week to week and uh, we'll see what uh, we'll see what happens um three, three good, good stuff Spectre. yeah 334 we'd love to hear from you what i mean what do you think uh since we've had a couple of questions about that Brian Harson is 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 Auburn's coach. He's out recruiting tonight. He's going to be recruiting junior colleges in Kansas tomorrow. Um, he he will be the the Auburn coach next Saturday unless something just completely unexpected happens. Um, how do you feel about this situation ongoing? Do you feel like it's? I mean, like I said, I think, and we looked at a couple of reasons why not to make the change because. Auburn has has the, the the team has fought. They've played hard. They they obviously haven't showed any quit. Um, and and another reason, as was brought up by a caller earlier, um, that when a team lets a coach go midseason, those players can immediately go into the transfer portal. I I, I would think that if something like that were were to happen to Auburn midseason, there would be some players that would take advantage of that opportunity. And and I think it's fair to wonder too. I mean, you sort of alluded to this earlier, Bill. You know how how much desire is there really from Brian Harson to because you think about, I mean, he knows the rebuild hasn't even started. Like we're still in the teardown phase, right? right. I mean, it's st- you're still you're you're, you're, you're still. Clearing out ground for a foundation to start building, and you know, is he is he is he going to want to have the appetite to stick through? What well, could does be? he feel like he's going to have the support that yeah. he needs I mean, 
to continue t- to try to improve. It might not. It might not just be Auburn th- thinking that a, a break could be better for all parties involved. All right, we'll get to our bottom of the hour break. Plenty of time for you to join in here in the final half hour of the Friday Drive. Get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final 25 minutes or so here on the uh, Friday edition of the drive. Love to hear from you. What games are you looking forward to this weekend? Or are you just looking forward to not, you know, not having to worry about anything? But still, uh, I'm sure that, uh, you know, that there's something that you're going to be following I thought this you were, I thought you were going to say looking forward to not having to worry about Auburn's game. Well, no, you don't have to worry about it. You don't. <laughs> coming weekend, which is true. Uh, you uh, you don't have an Auburn game to watch, and and it's uh, you know I I think this is a nice it's a nice time for the bye week. You know some folks, I guess more in the NFL than in college football, but you have some really early bye weeks. Who there were teams having their bye week last week in the NFL, which seems so like yeah now at, five it, games it, in a bye week. I was going to say you, in college that would have been exactly mid season, you right. know after six, but the NFL's a week behind. Five out of seventeen. Yeah, that's not that's not optimal. I wouldn't I, think. I think the Lions and maybe, maybe you want to have it like in another month. I think Carlson's Raiders three or four weeks. I think I think we're off yeah. we're off last week. A couple teams were off last week, which just feels so so early for the uh, for the bye week in the NFL. I think yeah the the uh, uh, now now Auburn played a really tough stretch. I mean LSU Georgia. And and Ole Miss back to back to back is is you know maybe you would have liked to have a bye week in between in between LSU and Georgia yeah, maybe two, two of those I mean, games or, perhaps or, or LSU and Ole I mean the the, the last two weeks either, yeah either between LSU and yeah. Georgia or between Georgia and Ole Miss maybe would have been mm-hmm. a little bit more optimal but but for the most part Auburn gets a chance to regroup and yeah for the coaches and the players it's a chance to finish the season uh, with a uh, with a different narrative than the first uh, seven games have uh, provided for uh, for all of us. Let's see. Uh, we, we were looking at some of the games around the around the country. A uh, couple of, I mean, there are a couple of other top twenty-five matchups uh, that 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 are interesting. Texas is uh, is a six-point favorite on the road yep. at Oklahoma State. Texas would be. I mean, if they hadn't played Alabama uh, out of conference, if they'd played a more winnable game, you know, they they would probably be. A, I mean, and, and the other. I don't know. I'm losing to Alabama moved them into the ranks. You're right. Remember? You're right. It, imp- <laughs> like... it, it impressed people. But, but there, I mean, you think about Texas's losses. I mean, they have a one point loss to Alabama and they have an overtime loss at Texas Tech. Those and the loss to Texas Tech, they didn't have Quinn Ewers. That's right. So, I mean, this is a, this is a Texas team that I'm, I'm not surprised to see some folks really bullish on them. I mean, plus, Bill, they obliterated Oklahoma. I mean, what they did to that 49 Oklahoma... 49 to nothing. I mean, they just dismantled... Matt Venables, I mean, Brent Venables, 
his defense is awful. Now they were able to. Oklahoma awful. was able to bounce back and beat Kansas. Yeah, it's amazing to think we're saying that sentence in uh, in in football. Yeah, amazingly bounce back and yeah. beat Kansas. Oklahoma, you are in bizarro world. They found a way to to bounce back. <laughs> And beat a Kansas. team that you generally beat by sixty. Yeah, they usually call you a pick the score against Kansas, but uh, but no, I think that is a it, it's so much good football two thirty tomorrow, right? You got LSU, yeah. Miss, you got Oregon, UCLA, and you got that Texas Oklahoma State game. A lot of really good football in the middle of the day tomorrow, and and yeah, I, I think uh, uh, that Qu- Quinn Ewers is special. Isn't he? I mean, he he really is a no question. It, it seems no like I mean, he's, he is a difference maker. Yeah, he's he's one of those guys who um, is gonna you know there's a lot of good college football in front of him and uh, yeah get get a chance to watch him while you can. Sticking in the in the Big Twelve, how about K State and TCU? I mean, there's some there's some good ball games, Should, really good ball games. You know that uh, he's he's young, but uh, Lincoln Riley's brother Garrett Garrett, Garrett Riley. Is the offensive coordinator at TCU. Mm-hmm. He was the offensive coordinator for Sonny Dykes at SMU. Came with him uh, to TCU. He's Lincoln Riley's younger brother, and he is uh, he, he's somebody who has put up as 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 impressive uh, as he, the results of the last couple of seasons are as impressive from Garrett Riley as they are from any offense coordinator in college football. I understand Sonny Dykes has a role in it, but Sonny Dykes usually gives his offense coordinator some autonomy too. Right. Tony Franklin. That's sort of that's that's sort of the from from the Hal Mummy tree. Right. That's sort of the way it, the way it's done. I mean, Sonny Dykes has had some explosive offenses, but he's also had some really talented offense coordinators that he's allowed just to sort of, you know, let them do their thing. Garrett Riley is somebody that whether it's to poach him as an offensive coordinator, if you think he's too young uh, to be a head coach, yeah, he's just thirty three. So I he's think just thirty three. That's that's uh, perhaps a little young to be a power five coach. How old was Riley when he got promoted? Because he was wasn't he wasn't he extremely young? Uh, for he was maybe thirty thirty five. He's thirty nine now. So Lincoln Riley thirty four then. Yeah, it would have been before the seventeen season when, when, yeah, Lincoln, so, when so, Lincoln Riley so took five over. five years ago. That's what I mean. So at thirty five, yeah. thirty four. Yeah, so he may have been about the same age. Yeah, then. right right around the same age that Garrett is now so i mean it's uh i don't know if that's just i mean if it, if he's a name to watch right when you think about tcu football it's not just sunny dykes maybe garrett riley mm-hmm. could be a very hot commodity after this season oh, i think he's a hot commodity right now either either for I mean, what, what, what was the uh who were we talking about offense uh, a&m well right, like all, right, what, about, all right what what other job what other head coaching jobs are open though who might who might say let's jump in here and try to get him now is it to i mean colorado arizona state arizona state colorado nebraska I mean, any any of those? Would... I, I, I would imagine Nebraska would would want a more proven commodity. Well, they just strike me that way. I, I, I just what... wonder about. I wonder about Colorado or Arizona State. I have no idea what Nebraska is going to do. I Nebraska could try again. Wisconsin's not going to go get Garrett Riley. Nebra- I think, Nebraska I mean, could go. I think Nebraska is going to keep their interim guy. I think Jim Leonard might might hold on to that job. They they seem to think it might be a Kirby Smart situation where they part of the reason they pushed Paul Christ out was out of concern. You mean Jim, Wisconsin? At Wisconsin, part of the reason why you said they, Nebraska. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no, I think I think uh, Jim Leonard could could keep the the Wisconsin job, and and I think part of the reason why they maybe pushed Paul Christ out. I think so. Was, was out of some concern that Jim Leonard would be a, a candidate elsewhere, and they wanted to, uh, to to keep him. So yeah, I would think that Nebraska, of all the places with interim coaches in the Power Five, Nebraska, uh, Wisconsin seems like the one that has its best the, the best shot of keeping uh, their guy on a more permanent basis. I have no idea what Nebraska is going to do. On the search, because they could go proven, they could go young and exciting, 
uh, offensive offensive mind. They could try something, you know, off off the beaten path. Like I I, I don't know who's going to end up uh, getting that job uh, at Nebraska, but but I know I, I think Garrett Riley of guys that aren't head coaches. Um, I mean it's. It's a risk for a bunch of reasons, but I could see why, especially if TCU's offense keeps producing, I could see why a couple of those teams looking for coaches would think maybe maybe we try a maybe we try a rebuild with a very see if we get young, an offensive genius yeah. in here who could who could do that and see if see if he gets the right quarterback and we have instant results. Uh, I, I I think even despite despite some of the uh, um, problems that they've had defensively, I think there could be some folks looking at Arkansas too. Uh, for if if they're looking for a young Kendall Bros, yes, yep. looking for a young offensive-minded coach, it would help if the, I mean I think both, they're they're still putting up really good offensive numbers. Well, Kendall Bryles and Jeff Grimes both are guys where I think the win-loss record this year could be held against them. Yeah, but I, it's not usually when when you're coordinating one side that is putting up really good numbers and your team's losing it. You're you're, you know, you're not going to be blamed. Yeah, I mean I, I understand the desire to point out win-loss records in that situation, but if the offense is putting up six hundred something yards of offense and and they mm-hmm. lose a game, I mean like Baylor last week lost. You know, a game where both teams scored in the 40s to West Virginia and had 600-something yards of offense. And I understand it's a loss, but it's not a loss that you would think damages Jeff Grimes's reputation no. or Jeff Grimes's candidacy for any particular job. But at the same time, um, you know, it, uh, perception matters. And so, uh, yeah, you would, you would think that... Uh, well, that's where when you read the resumes, it won't say... You know, he helped them to a so-and-so record. You'll say he led them to a high-powered offense that averaged this, this, and that. And it's also important to remember in the case of coaches, any coach, he's not just what he did this year. Right. right? Like, it don't, don't just think, okay, well, you're just what you are in the last six months or the last 12 months. You know, these guys have careers where, you know, you can sort of get an idea on their track record based on more than just one year. I know some. And, and, I know, and, and we're, we're more enthusiastic about learning history than, than, than a lot of uh, other folks. No, you're, out there. you're right. It's because it's, uh, because I've, I've been in it a lot that's longer. True. You were around, but uh, but but you know, we'll, we'll we'll get to Bill here momentarily. I mean, you mentioned Baylor. Man, we're talking a lot of Big Twelve. Baylor. Uh, some folks, you know, might be a little surprised. You talked about Kansas a little while ago. Kansas is at Baylor, and there's some folks that are like. Well, how can, can how can Baylor be favored? Well, because Baylor's offense is is that good, and 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 it's at Baylor. I mean, that ought to be a good ball game too, Kansas Baylor. Yeah, it would be a damaging loss, I think, for Dave Aranda. And I know Kansas has been better, yes. uh, but but yeah, Baylor, Kansas five and two, and and the defense is supposed to be part of the calling card for Dave Aranda. And I know in that in that conference, nobody plays defense, but mm-hmm. uh, Baylor, uh, yeah, I, th- I think they're uh, I think they're going to win tomorrow, and I think they need to win tomorrow. All right, let's get back to the Kia of Auburn hotline, and Bill is up next. Hey, Bill. Hey guys, I was wondering, you know, I would really like to see Brian Harsha win three of the next four and turn it around. That. You know, there's nothing like stability, but maybe a little bit too little, too late. Let's just say it doesn't go that way. I hope it does, but I don't think it will. Uh, one thing I've no, nobody's mentioned, and I, you know, he had a, he had a, a good run at Penn State, but nobody's mentioned uh, Bill O'Brien. You know, uh, there been there there's been his name has been mentioned with a few jobs. Um, and maybe it's just because of the, uh, the, the perception maybe that some Alabama fans have. They'd, they'd be glad to have him gone, even though his teams have put up really good numbers. You're right. He did a tremendous job of, of turning Penn State 
around, and he's been an NFL head coach. Um, I am a little surprised that his name isn't mentioned more for a lot of the openings. His, his name has come up on some lists. I saw a Colorado uh, uh-huh. article that had Bill O'Brien as a I candidate. saw Nebraska. Nebraska. Yes. You know, some folks think, I guess Trev Alberts and Bill O'Brien have some kind of history, so there, there might be an option there. I, you know, I, I don't... Uh, there, there's not, and maybe I need to do a little bit more research into Bill O'Brien's tenure at Penn State and how he turned things around there. I mean, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still sort of in, you know, of the opinion that recruiting uh, should be prioritized like a lot uh, with with this hire, you know, prowess and a track record as a recruiter. At the same time, uh, Bill O'Brien is somebody who has some, uh, uh, he has some intriguing stuff on his resume. Yeah, I was just, uh, you know, it, it, I mean, he couldn't have, he couldn't have stepped into more. A uh, difficult situation at no, Penn State, right. uh, and did a good job there. Left to go to the NFL. Uh, like I said, it's probably something I don't know. But um, well, and, and failure at the NFL shouldn't disqualify no, not a college coach either. I mean, we've talked about that before. There's a lot of college coaches that you would like running your program uh, that didn't have successful NFL uh, tenures. So I mean, that that's well, yeah, word. I didn't mean it like that. I, I was, you know, some some guys are just met the coach in college and. It's, some people aren't, and vice versa with NFL. I was just surprised that you know. I guess there's more to it than I'm, I'm saying, but I was surprised that he hasn't gotten any uh, any looks. That's so good discussion. point. Well, it's it's tough to get credit as now. I know the Alabama has a pretty remarkable streak of sending offensive coordinators to head coaching jobs now with Kiffin and Sark and Brian Dayballs, the what the coach of the Giants, and you've got the. Uh, uh, and and uh, uh, Loxley is is in Maryland. I mean, a lot of former Alabama offensive coordinators have moved on to uh, to, to more impressive jobs. I think it's tough to get all the credit as a coordinator because the talent is so good at Alabama. And at the you know the flip side of that is if you ever lose or if the offense ever struggles, it's, it's clear it's clearly not because of the talent. So it must be the call, it must be the play caller. Uh, so it's um, you know it's it's tough to get a ton of credit for the work you do as an offensive coordinator at Alabama, but. Uh, but no, I, I could I could see why folks w- would want you know not not just at Auburn but around Power Five football uh, would would look at Bill O'Brien's uh, track record and think uh, you know may, may, maybe he could be the right fit for for our program. No, okay, well, I enjoy the show, guys. Um, Warrigal. appreciate the call, Bill. Let's get one more before our final break of the afternoon. And Brett is next. Hey, Brett. Hey, Bill. Uh, y'all know who Oregon's playing this week? Oregon's got the UCLA Bruins. They got Chip Kelly. DTR. Yeah, well, he's going up a seven, going against a seventy percent Pat Nix. I'm picking Oregon, Dan. Uh, you know, it paid. You know, this this is. I said earlier, Brett. I'm a. I've watched a lot of Bo Nix and a lot of DTR in their college careers, and it's going to be tough. I have I have a degree from UCLA, so I'm going to be rooting for the Bruins. And I, I want to see you know Chip Kelly make this run, but it's tough to root against Bo Nix and the, the way he's playing at Oregon right now. I've I've, I've struggled to root against Bo Nix in the past, and uh, you know I I, I, uh, I hope he I hope he continues playing well. But I think uh, we, were, we were saying over unders at seventy and a half. Yeah, on that on that UCLA Oregon game tomorrow, Brett. Oh, okay. Are you betting it, Dan? I'm lead, I'm staying away, but I think you could see. I think it's a race to forty. Like I think the odds makers are probably onto something. With, with that game, yeah. I, I, th- I think both teams are going to be trying to, to score forty. Chip Kelly's homecoming as well. I know he's done it before, but he's never he's never all that well received for a former Oregon coach when he goes back to Eugene. Yeah, well, uh, I'm going to be pulling for the Ducks and for sure Bo Nix. I hope he sticks at seventy percent from the year, 
and really makes a lot of these people who dog him with zero blocking and people who have skillet hands uh, who dog Bo Nix, you know, for, for crazy reasons. But anyway, he looks all like these people. Brett, hey, Brett, he looks like a pro. He's playing. He's playing like a guy who with a with a pro future as 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 a quarterback, especially because I see some of these. I mean, not just Anthony Richardson, but Anthony Richardson is the one that I feel like I see on the most lists of like you know he's he's talked about as a, as a quarterback for for next year's draft yeah. and the the potentials there, and I get it, but I mean that dude's that dude's making terrible throws in the SEC, and you're gonna you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna stick him on an NFL field and think that's gonna change? Like I don't know, but but Bo Nix. He's he's done. He's he's improved his uh, he's improved his draft stock th- this year. He's like, he's looking, he's oh, you're right about that. He's looking like a pro. Yeah, no doubt. All right, well, uh, go Ducks, and uh, y'all have a great weekend. All right, you too, Brett. Who's the, who's the other? Uh, appreciate it, Brett. Who's the other quarterback? Was it's Miami's guy, right? He was he was supposed to be Van Dyke was supposed to be a, a top ten pick, and now he's. He's looking like uh, oh, he's man, not. We heard he's, some Anthony Richardson stuff. Yeah, too. Anthony Richardson was the one we were just. Uh, yeah, we were just mentioning that with, with Brett. I mean, there's a couple guys where and you know, you know who's. I mean, no one's improved their stock more than Hendon Hooker, right? I mean, that no, you're that right. is yeah, a, you're I mean, he, he right. is uh, he has been sensational uh, to this point. But Bonix uh, has been uh, Bonix has played extremely well uh, in his uh, time thus far at Oregon and big game tomorrow against the UCLA Bruins. All right, we'll get to our final break of the afternoon. Stick with us as we wrap it up. Here on the Friday Drive. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back in. Final few minutes of the Friday Drive. Again, uh, got big, big high school football game coming up. Pre-game at 6.30, kick at 7 o'clock over in Prattville. Auburn and Prattville, we talked a little bit about that. I mean, so much on the line. Auburn's in. As Scott Bagwell, the uh, the voice of the Tigers, told us uh, yesterday, Auburn's in the playoffs. It's just, where will they be? They could finish... Uh, anywhere from from one to four, depending on what happens here Which, with the Prattville and Smith games. Central is also in. Auburn and Central are in, and then it's a question of how three and four will shake out, right? And or if Prattville can jump into one yeah. or two and well, knock either Auburn or Central. If Prattville wins, if Prattville beats Auburn and Central, they're the top seed, and it drops. Uh, that would drop Auburn to the three seed. That's right, and Prattville has it in front of them because they've got two home games tonight and next week against uh, to, it's Auburn tonight, it's Central Phoenix City uh, next Friday. So a lot still to be decided within the region. And uh, for Opelika, huge game tonight at Dothan in the regular series uh, regular mm-hmm. season finale uh, because if they uh, if they drop this one, they could be on the outside looking in of the playoff picture entirely for a team that beat Central Phoenix City earlier in the season. Yeah, it's it's been a struggle. It, it, it looked like a dream. First season in seven A, and then uh, and and then then the dream changed. Could could strike midnight tonight. Yeah, Bill. it could. It could. You listen uh, to that new Taylor Swift record yet? Uh no. Okay. No, I haven't. All right. Have you? No. Oh, okay. There you go. I hear good things. I hear good things. I, I read a couple of things. Apparently, she put out. Uh, so she put out the album at midnight. Ken was talking about it today. Oh, yeah, I think he was, Ken was listening today. Oh boy. So so it's. Uh, so she put out the album at midnight. I'm serious. From what from what I, from what I understand, she put out the album at midnight, and then yes. she put out. 
seven songs at like 3 a.m. as like a bonus sort of thing. So she released like almost like an EP at like 3 a.m. Mm. after releasing the album at midnight. So, you know, the big, big weekend for the, for the Taylor Swift fans out there. And, and I hope you, uh, you hope, uh, and, hope you enjoy it. It's a big weekend. There's a lot going on this weekend. Um, yeah, be, be safe, folks. Yes. Do, do be safe. Be careful. A lot out of towners. There are. There the is area. a ton of traffic in town. Some Halloween festivities. I think start just, just sort of getting started. It's like a pre Halloween. Like yeah. We, we should mention, uh, because uh, we'll be there next Friday. Oh, oh, we also need to mention yeah. Monday. We're at Franklin Tire. Franklin Tire and Auto, and and uh, happy to be back and see those guys. And uh, so we're on the road a couple of times next week. That's right. And next Thursday night is the uh, costume contest at Sky Bar. One of the two Halloween costume contests they'll be doing uh, October twenty seventh. Uh, they'll have a, a Thursday night costume contest with thousands of dollars in prizes at stake for the winners. I think they'll do the, they'll do it again uh, Halloween night. Uh, so a couple of uh, opportunities uh, to uh, to go out there and, and show off uh, your uh, your costume and and maybe win some uh, some fabulous prizes from our friends at Skybar Monday again. We're at Franklin Tire. Brian Matthews will be joining us. We'll look back at the weekend, see if there's any news on the. Auburn Athletics front as Auburn gets ready for Arkansas and look back at everything else from over the weekend. But we're out of time here on the Friday edition of The Drive. Have a great weekend, everybody. We are out of here.